Thank you, Jesus. So if you could all re repeat after me, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Man, one thing he said that uh, really jumped out at me, and it is so true. He said about his employers, I just do what they ask. And oh my gosh, is that not the secret sauce of getting God's word and the blessings of God to work in your life? Pastor Nancy Dufresne uh, told the story one time of how she uh, had gone to the doctor and there was some things wrong in her body, tests that were coming back and things, and just just a bad report, you know, and, and the doc, she said, what do I need to do? The doctor gave her what to do for the next six months. Well, she did what the doctor said. She went back, and everything had cleared up, and the doctor was amazed. Couldn't, couldn't like, wow, and then she was kind of taken back that he would be amazed that she's better, and he said, she said, well, I don't understand why you're so surprised. This, you told me this is what would happen if I do what you said. And he said, that's the issue. Is nobody does what I say. You actually did what I said and got better. And it's the same. He said, if he just does what he's supposed to do, the paycheck is there. If we'll just bring the tithe, the windows of heaven will open. If we'll just bring the offering, the abundance will come. That is the secret sauce. Praise God. Well, on that note, I'm fired up. Let's worship God. Come on, stand to your feet. Let's praise him. Come on and give him glory tonight. Let's not be half-hearted with this. Let's not go through the motions. Let's not stand there and act like he hasn't done anything for us. Praise God. Hallelujah. We bless you. I sing praises to your name, oh Lord, praises to your name, oh Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised.
And Father, it'd be so easy just to take take the night off or just to, to be casual towards it. But Father, they, they didn't. They, they're here to hear. They made sacrifices, whatever they needed to do to be here. So Father, bless them. And I know that you will. You're a rewarder. You're faithful. And Father, I thank you for boldness tonight. I thank you for utterance tonight. Father, your will will be done in this service. I thank you. I'll speak what you want me to say and we'll do what you want to do. And Father, give us ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. Thank you for help. Thank you for change. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you can go to Mark chapter 4 and verse 14. This is the second uh, message in the series titled, uh, I don't even remember what it's titled, something about the power or something. I, the, the, the word can change your life. That's what it was. The power was last week. I, I'm so bad I have to give... Uh, uh, titles each week for that live stream, and I never, I never think of titles and things. But uh, the word can change your life is the is the uh, title of this series. And so, Mark chapter four in verse fourteen. In, in every service, I'll probably read down through these uh, six or seven verses here, just to get us established in our foundation. And this is where going forward, we'll probably spend the majority of our time. But it says in verse fourteen, "The sower soweth the word." And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan comes immediately, takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. They have no root in themselves and endure for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things enter in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on the good ground, such as hear the word, receive it, bring forth fruit, some 30, some 60, and some a hundredfold. And this is a series that I've preached for several years in a row. And I looked back in my notes last week and it showed that in 2021, I preached this series in the month of March. So it's a little over a year, uh, but it's one of my favorites to preach because one of my favorite things as a minister is seeing people grow, is seeing people's lives change. You know, when people talk to me about promotions and people talk to me about different victories they have and, you know, people come up after service and will let me know things that happen. Man, that, that thrills me as a pastor. I mean, that's why we're doing this, to, to see you blessed, right? To see, to see you fulfilled and to live into God's uh, plans and purposes. And this portion of scripture, this parable, this series is one of those that if applied tangibly, not just figuratively, but actually literally your life has the opportunity to look different going forward in a better way. Amen. And that's why it thrills me. And so this is the series of the parable of the sower. And last week, God had me start it a little different than I normally uh, do. I tried to go the direction that I normally do with this, which would have been okay because it's the Bible, but it wouldn't have been okay in the sense because my spirit was saying no. And what the spirit wanted me to emphasize first was, you know, there's two subjects, two main subjects in this parable, the word and the person. And the word's highlighted and also the people are highlighted. And what we see in the last verse there. Uh, it talks about they which are sown on good ground. And if you paid attention to the other three grounds, they, they didn't change any. They, the blessings didn't come out of their lives. Nothing good really manifested or sprang, sprang forth from them. But this ground, it did. And it says that the way that it happens is they hear the word, they receive it. They bring forth fruit, 30, 60, and 100. And so we see the opportunity for change is available in a great measure. 
the opportunity for blessing of 30-fold blessing, 60-fold blessing, 100-fold blessing, it's available, but it all depended upon what was done with the word, that something has to be done with the word. You know, it's a lie from the pit of hell that we just sit back and God just does what God's going to do and that we have no part in it. That is not the truth. We have a part to play. And here we see through that 30, 60, 100, there's hearing involved and there's receiving involved. And they're not the same things. Because the other grounds, and we'll mention this throughout the series, they went through the, the process or the, 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 the avenue of hearing, but it didn't lead to change that they wanted. There's a receiving part, and the receiving part is not just sitting and hearing the word. Wouldn't that be nice if the, if the blessing would spring forth just by the hearing? But no, there's hearing and there's receiving. And so everything comes down to whether or not we do the right thing with the word. And so many times people are disillusioned with Christianity or their walk with God because, you know, if you do things the wrong way for a long time, you're going to get wrong results for a, a long time. But when, if you think you're doing it right, or if your knowledge, or if you're ignorant and your knowledge isn't right, and you think the blessing should be coming anyways, you get disillusioned to this kind of stuff, and, and you immediately think, I have to do something. I've been doing something for so long, and nothing's changing. And so that's what the Spirit of God wanted me to emphasize, that... If you do the right thing with the word, the word has enough power packed into that, 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 that entity to change your life 30, 60, and 100 fold. And he uses natural examples to illustrate spiritual truths. And I mentioned, you know, even when planting a seed in things. And, and uh, it, it's, it's amazing, you know, getting into farming a little bit. I, I use farming very lightly. You know, I, I'm not really a farmer. I, I, I just play one on TV. And that's just basically what it is. And, uh, and so uh, I'm a pretend fake farmer, but I'm learning how to do some things. And what's amazing is you see these little seeds that you get that turn into uh, a little corn kernel can turn into a, a, a corn plant with multiple ears of corn on it. It's amazing. And you look at that and you think, well, you know, that's really not really that powerful. What's that going to do? Why take all the time to do this? It's just this. I, I don't need this. I need this, you know, and we, we can think with, well, I've heard the Bible and I've read the Bible and nothing's really changed and it, we become so disillusioned. But in that corn seed, it, it's the power's in there. It, it's, it's, all, it's all in there, the properties of it to spring forth something greater, something better. And it's the same with, with the word of God. And so he had me go last week to show you the power of the word, the potential that is packed into that seed. And, and really this whole series is with the idea of coming to it with a correctable, humble heart and just being willing to be told that you're doing it wrong. You know, I, I have a, a, a seed guy that I buy it from and he's very knowledgeable. He's an older gentleman and him and his son, they have a huge property in the Sinclairville area and they grow all sorts of different things, soybean and clover and alfalfa and, and corn for the deer. They're big into deer hunting, so he's very, very knowledgeable. And uh, so many times I've, I've had to call him, especially getting into this, ask him several different questions or tell him what I did 
and, and how it didn't work. And then he'll tell me on the phone, no, you, you skipped a step or you, you forgot to do what I told you to do with, with when you spray, when you, when you plant, how deep. There's certain seeds you only go certain amount deep. There's certain seeds you don't dig up the ground too. I mean, there's so much that goes involved with it that you got to do what it says. But when he, he tells me that I did that wrong, boy, I'm grateful for that because I'm looking for a harvest. And if I keep doing things wrong, I'm hindering my harvest. Well, it's the same in life. Life is about the opportunity to have a harvest in many different areas. But if it comes down to, and everything in this, whether somebody was blessed or not blessed, simply came down to if they did the right or wrong thing with the seed. Had nothing to do with how many years they were a Christian. Had nothing to do with how good-hearted of a person they were. It had everything to do with change came forth if I did the right thing with the word. That corn seed is no respecter of persons. It's a respecter of process. It's a respecter of doing things right. The word is no respecter of persons. It will work for anybody. Praise God. But you have to work it. Glory to God. And we saw the word is powerful. It's got creative properties in it to create things that weren't there and make things appear that weren't there to change the natural, right? We saw that the word has what? Saving power. Praise God. The word has uh, uh, preservation power. Praise God. It has favor power. It can produce faith. It has healing properties. It has prosperity properties this seed is meant to give you harvest in every single area of your life but it always comes down to doing the right thing with it and so that's where we're going to start going forward and doing the right thing and last week we focused on the word the one subject that's in there but the other subject that's in the parable of the sower is the person it is the person praise god and so uh, I want to show you this now going forward that we need to do the right thing as the person with the seed to get the 30, 60, 100 fold. All of us would raise our hand and say, yes, I want 30 fold springing forth in my finances. I want 60 fold springing forth in my finances or 100 fold or in my children or in my business or my spiritual life, you know. And we'd all say, yes, yes, sign me up for that. Well, to be signed up for that, we got to make sure we're doing the right process. Amen? And because people become so disillusioned with it, you know, we get the, is it worth it? Well, yeah, it's worth it. It's got all the things you need. It's not like the crab dinner. One time in my life and one time only, unless I go to Alaska or somewhere where they have Alaskan king crabs. I heard that's pretty meaty stuff. One time in my life I decided my, not, see, you have to understand who I am. And one of the things I like to do is eat. Meal time to me, you know, people, some people say, don't look at food as enjoyment, look at it as, as just nourishment, nutrition, I think, lame. <laughs> Maybe that's true, but for me, it's like, you gave me a tongue with taste buds for a reason. Not just to fuel my body, but to enjoy what I'm fueling my body with. I love to eat. I love meal time. It's like, wow. It's just like an, it's an event, you know, it's just an event. And so I was hungry one day, went to, went to lunch on the lake, thought, I'm doing it. And it was a little more expensive that day, but 
I was like, I'm getting the whole meal. It was like a pound of snow crab legs. I was like, okay, I'm ready. Because I, I do like crab meat, you know, and I like it in soup and crab dip and different things like that. I thought, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm dipping it in the butter or whatever they give you. And so I got the crab. Man, there's a lot of crab legs there. It's like, first of all, the effort. I should not have to work that hard to eat. It was like so much work to try and get this out, and you have to be so delicate in how you crack them open, and you crack it wrong. It's like I'm trying to suck the meat out and dig the meat out with a fork and a little pick and things. And it's like, and even on the times when I would pull the whole piece out, just this big and this fat, I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? This is not making my belly satisfied, you know? And so all that work for such little reward, and I said, never again will I order snow crab legs as a meal. If they're available and in a soup or whatever, fine, but I'm never doing it because going through that process, the reward just wasn't worth it to me. And we're going to see in this series, there is an effort. There is a process. There is Things that you may have to adjust. There is things that you may have to change. There is things that you may have to uh, upset the apple cart of the, the normalcy of your life. But my goodness, it should not be about your life. One thing we have lost the art of is the fact that we are not our own. We forget that a lot. We want it our way, our way. Well, no, we want it his way, his when you look at it his way, his way is best anyways. And so I want to go forward here tonight and to understand this principle. To understand this principle, you have to understand that the word is like the seed. If you ever plant a garden or plant a food plot, the word is the seed. Without the seed, there is never a harvest, okay? So that's what the word is likened to. But then also, if, a, if you have a seed, but you don't have anywhere to put the seed, there's also no harvest. So you need two things, main things to have a harvest, a seed and ground to put it in. And you have to understand that God likens the ground to us, okay? So the ground represents people. And I want to show you 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 9. Because if you don't get this principle and understanding the idea of, of the word falling on you and receiving that word, and we saw this religious idea, well, it'll just happen, it'll just happen if it's going to be, it's going to be. No, there's a part to play with the word going into the, uh, into the ground or the seed being planted. And so 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 9, look what it says, For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. Can we get that up in the Amplified Bible? I have it written down here, and so I'll read that. But look what it says here about uh, we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. And if you're like me, you know, uh, coming into this, I don't, I don't know these terms. I didn't know what the word husbandry. I, I'm, I'll just say it this way. I'm not a walking thesaurus. My eating is not a walking thesaurus either. I'm a meat and potatoes guy, and my speaking, same way. I don't know a lot of these words. So I'm thankful for these study tools and things. But look what it says. For we are fellow workmen, joint promoters, labors together with and for God. What's that God's husbandry mean? You are God's garden, his vineyard, and field under cultivation. You are God's building. Well, where it talks about husbandry, it's talking about God's garden, God's field. And, uh, well, what do we know about a garden and a field? The goal is what? To get something to come up out of the ground that wasn't there, 
that serves as blessing. Well, when it talks about the good ground bringing forth fruit, 30, 60, 100, we're going to look at that. That's us represented as a, as a field bringing forth something that wasn't there that will lead to blessing and change in our lives. Amen. And that's what the Father wants for us. You say, he does? Yes. Go to John 15 and verse 7. John 15 and verse 7. Hallelujah. John 15 and verse 7. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Well, when you're asking for something, it's because it's not there. When it's done unto you, what's that mean? It's there now. Something changed. Well, verse 8 then uh, goes on and tags along with verse 7. Herein is my Father glorified. Herein, herein where? In verse 7, what? Things springing forth in your life. Things changing. Things that weren't there are now there. Sickness turns to healing. Poverty turns to prosperity. Depression turns to joy. Fear turns to strength and courage. You know what I mean? All these things. He says, herein is my Father glorified. Right here. This is where he's glorified. That you would bear or bring forth much fruit. Well, when I plant a food plot or if somebody were to plant a fruit tree in their yard, what is their desire? That that tree or that field would spring forth much fruit, much blessing. Well, we, the Bible said in 1 Corinthians 3, we are God's garden. Think about that. Just like you have a garden in your backyard or you have a field that you're working that's yours, it's in your name. Your goal is to put seed in the ground and have it come forth to be a blessing. You are God's garden. So the way God looks at you is the same way you look at your field or your garden or a tree that you put in the ground. I want that thing to be healthy. I want that thing to be strong. I want that thing to be vibrant. I want that thing to spring forth and to be a blessing. And when it springs forth and, and see... When, when there's food coming out of the tree and food coming out of the garden, that's telling you that the garden is healthy, that the garden's doing well, but then the blessings that come forth are not just for the garden or for the field and the health of that garden and field, even though it, it is, it's for others. And it stretches out and, re and that's what God is saying. I want you to bring forth much fruit. Now, what kind of fruit is he talking about? Well, 2 Peter chapter 2, 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 1 Or 2 Peter chapter 1, I'm sorry. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 2. Fix that up there. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 2. Now, it's going to tell us here exactly what God wants to see in our lives. What is it called? That's called the fruit, right? Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and, our, and Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things. Notice that word hath is past tense. So he's already given unto us all things. Now what? That pertain, now he's going to tell you where he wants all things to manifest in your life. To life, what's that natural? Godliness, which is what? Spiritual. Through the knowledge of him that has called us unto glory and virtue. So it's telling us here that the two realms that God wants to see and that he's already provided for us are spiritual and natural. God wants us striving spiritually, and God wants us striving naturally. They go hand in hand, amen? 
Praise God. That's what he wants for his people. That's what he wants for his kids. Now, what's amazing is this is just like what's here on the earth. Everything that we need is already here on the earth. Now, even though God has already provided everything here on the earth, does not mean that we will reap the benefits from what he's already provided. I'll give an example. I, we can, we'll, I'll probably talk about this after I give this example, but the one that just really comes to me right away, uh, and so I'm going to go with it because there's utterance in it, and it'll bring it forth clearly to, you, to us. God already put all the oil and natural gas in the ground. It's already under there. It's already under there. I was talking to a, I still am trying to figure this out, but I was talking to a guy the other day in Pennsylvania hunting with Caleb and his grandpa and the guy that tends the wells and he's getting ready to leave and he said, okay, now I'm going to go suck the dinosaur poop out of the ground. I guess he's talking about the oil. Because I guess when the dinosaur poops, you know, it goes into the ground and got into the oil. So I guess that's what it is. So, but notice this, it's already in the ground. But just because it's already there, if you don't cooperate with the process of getting it out, it's not going to bless you. Well, all the corn harvest, tomato harvest, water, watermelon, whatever you want to plant and grow, everything is already here. It's already here on the earth. You just have to go through the process of cooperating with it to get it to come out. God doesn't need to send watermelon to the earth. God doesn't need to send apples to the earth god doesn't need to send corn to the earth it's already here but you got to cooperate with it well it's the same thing ladies and gentlemen your healing is already done your prosperity is already done just like people say oh, i don't know i'm reaping the benefits of this corn did you do the right thing to get corn well i'm not reaping the benefits of the natural gas in the ground did the company do the right thing to get the natural gas out of the ground well, I'm not reaping the benefits of healing. I'm not reaping the benefits of prosperity. I'm not reaping the benefits of favor. Well, they're already here. Are you doing the right thing to pull them out and to manifest them? Do you see how it's the same? He said, I've already given it to you. But just because he gave it to you doesn't mean you'll reap the benefits of it. Same with the oil, same with the corn. Got to do the right thing, praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> and so... What we're going to do, because notice what's amazing here, is if you go back to the parable of the sower, uh, we see four different types of ground, four different types of people, right? The wayside, the stony, the thorny, and the good ground, right? We see uh, all, all those different, different types of grounds. We, we see those different types of grounds. And what's amazing about that is that the seed fell on all of those grounds, but only one out of the four produced anything. Now, I have a little, a little area of land that I, I, like I said, I'm dabbling in, pretending to be a farmer, trying to, trying to get into it, you know, and maybe my problem is I need to dress more like the farmers that I see. I've seen farmers in overalls that don't have any. Does that help me grow better? Maybe. I've seen farmers with straw hats. I don't have one. Maybe. Help me. I don't know. I'm just throwing these ideas out there. If you have any tips, maybe it's maybe it's the pH in the soil. 
Maybe it's not listen to the guy, but maybe it's how I look. You know, maybe it's how I look. We'll, we'll try that. Praise the Lord. But anyways, in this place of land, there's different fields. And there's different parts of the ground. I have driveway that's ground. I have brush that's ground. I have woods that are ground. And then I have open fields that are ground. And what's amazing is all ground can throw the seed on each of the grounds, but only one of those grounds is going to produce anything worthwhile. And we have to make sure that we don't get in a rut. I'm a word person. I religiously hear the word. Hearing the word doesn't, doesn't make you make you any more blessed, right, than just by hearing it, just the same as putting the seed on the ground doesn't guarantee a blessing. All those grounds heard the word, but because the makeup of that ground wasn't right, they didn't produce. So we have to what? Make sure the makeup of the ground that the word is hopefully falling on is right, is good, so we can produce. Praise the Lord. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to go down there. But we have to follow the Holy Spirit. And you know what's nice about tonight's sermon is I see all your faces. So you can sit there calm and comfortable and know that it's not talking about me because I'm here. Amen. <laughs> so let's. So when we get bold, because we need to be bold about some of these things, just remember this must not be you because I see you. You're here. Praise God. But what's interesting, and I have to say it, because I just recently even received a message from somebody, basically told me things are chaotic and not going well. And the other thing that went along with that chaos and things not going well is not a doing of the word. Remember when John said, if I just do what they ask, I'll get my paycheck, right? You know, John just decided, you know, not barring vacation time or not, to say, you know what, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to take the month of June off, not, not let anybody know, and I'm going to expect when I go back that my paychecks, or I'm going to look at my bank account, they're going to be there. That's not how it's going to work. Paul's not doing what they ask. Oh, you know, uh, this is how the... This is how the Wendy's number one burger is made, but you know what? No, nope. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just consistently get my own way, and it gets reported, and he just expects, I'm just going to keep doing the wrong thing and get paid. No, that's not how it works. And so many people are just disillusioned with what, uh, now here, yeah, I'll say that, Lord. Even in the good grounds, notice this, 30, 60, 100. What's that saying? You can be even 30-fold blessed, and you're still missing out on 70. Why do I say that? Because if there's something in the word that, that you get a check on, even though you are in areas being blessed, but if there's something in the word that you get a check on that you need to do better, don't kick against that and be prideful. Well, that can't be talking about me. Be humble. Because even if you're getting a 30-fold blessing, he said you could have a 60 or a 100. Amen. And you say, really? 
one person told me this not too long ago, and I, do, I wholeheartedly disagree with them because it's not the word. They said, I'm convinced that, that, some, that there's only a chance for certain things to be 30, 60, 100. I believe that in every area we can get the fullness out of what that is meant to be because he says, these that are there so on the good ground such as hear the word. It comes down to how you're hearing it. Remember Jesus said, be careful how you hear the measure that you meet it with. It'll be measured back to you. Amen. So my point is this. I say that tongue in cheek about I see your face because I think we know where we're going here. But if there's room for improvement and room to get better, maybe, just maybe, what if there's actually more blessing to be had? And I find I got that, that message and it goes hand in hand with somebody blatantly not doing what the Bible says for whatever reason. But then it's showing up in their life. Well, what is that? It's the same thing as when the guy on the phone tells me, do this with the seed, and I don't do it. Then the wrong things show up. The weeds, the thorns, or the lack of harvest, right? And so... We want to make sure we're doing the right thing. Praise God. And this is unfortunately a chronic problem within the body of Christ. You know, the stony ground, the thorny ground, the wayside ground. Man, they get a bad rap. They do. Because they're always talking about how they didn't do the right thing. But you know what? They did one thing right. At least they heard it. They gave themselves an opportunity. Amen, they did. But there's another type of person within the body of Christ that doesn't even give themselves the opportunity. It's the ones that don't even hear the word consistently. Do they exist? Unfortunately, they run rampant within the body of Christ. What are we talking about here today? Well, go to Matthew 9 and verse 35. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35. It's unfortunate. I'll tell you this. If you were if you were going around and you were receiving, let's say you were receiving somebody just for some reason, just bear with me. It's not really a lot. It's logical to think of the the principle of it, but it's not maybe a, a, a feasible thing that would happen. But it's just for for story's sake here for, for helping us here to, to understand this. If you were receiving, let's say, $100 bonus money every week, $100, $100, just, just for nothing. Here's a $100 bill. That'd be pretty good, wouldn't it? But what if, what if you found out after two years of receiving that $100 every week, what if you found out that if you just made just a little change and the way you were getting that money was waiting on that change, it actually would have been 500 every single week. At the end of that, would you have been like, oh, I'm okay, I'm so excited, it doesn't matter, I got the 100. No, you'd have been like, oh. Or what if you're like, and, and actually if you'd have made even a, a, a better change, it would have been 1,000 bucks every week. But you only got your 100 because that was where all that you were willing. That's the picture of people's lives. See, God is merciful, and the word is so powerful that even just a little doing of the word will spring forth some things in your life. 
And because people live at a certain level, and because a lot of times, unfortunately, it's been this way in my own life in the past, I'm trying to avoid that, and it's the way it is a lot of people. If people don't crash, a lot of times they won't make changes. Because if it's not bad enough, we just keep living. Well, I can handle this, you know, I'm paying my bills. Not as good as I want to be, but I'm, I'm paying my bills, and, you know, I'm not dealing with that much sickness in my life. But what if, what if you found out, and we're shown, and we can see principles of the word, that's true, 3,600. The 36 people, man, they think they're hanging the moon. But what if they found out there was 70-fold left that they're missing out on? They'd be like, dang, what the heck? That would have been better for me. And so many people, oh, money's not that bad. But what if you had a glimpse and saw, oh, my gosh, my money, I should have enough money to go on vacation. I should have enough money to be able to drive the car I want. I just have to accept the car I have. Come on. Praise the Lord. So, anyways, Matthew chapter 9. I'm just saying this. For me, I want to get it as much as I can. Matthew 9, 35. Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness, every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. That means he had pity on them. Because they fainted, were scattered abroad. The Amplified says they were dejected, harassed, bewildered, distressed, helpless. Like what? Sheep having no shepherd. Notice Jesus looked at a bunch of people that he was there ministering to. He said, I pity these people. I pity them. They don't have a shepherd. What are they saying? They don't have someone they call pastor. Right? Is that what he said? He said, because they don't have someone they call pastor, their life looks a certain way. Now, let's step outside the box of religion, because instantly people would say, pastor is pastor mike anderson or bible pastor so-and-so and i know a whole lot of people that have someone they call pastor but yet they're scattered and faint dejected harassed bewildered distressed helpless sheep without a shepherd i mean i know people close people that are dear people and it can come down to one of two things number one the shepherd that they have is not in the role and doing the right thing, and therefore they're not being able to receive. Or their role in terms of the shepherd, they're not doing their part. Because Jesus said that people that don't have a shepherd are dejected, harassed. But we've also proven in life that just because you have a shepherd by name, and someone say, yeah, you know, you're filling out something, do you have a pastor? Yeah, I have a pastor, so-and-so. That's not how you get out of the dejected, harassed, bewildered, distressed, helpless, slim, sheep without a shepherd category. A shepherd's role is very specific. Peter stood in that office where he shepherded people. Remember when Jesus said to Peter, do you love me? Three times he asked him. Peter said, you know I do, you know I do, you know I do. Jesus answered three times the same way. What did he say? Feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Well, he wasn't talking about potlucks because we know the feeding that jesus talked about man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of god but so he says feed my sheep what's he talking about spiritually with the word of god feed them okay he told them that three times what's he saying to them peter the way I'm setting this system up, or the way that it is, 
is there are going to be sheep and there are going to be shepherds. And the word is the food or the seed is what's going to cause people to be blessed. But the sheep, now this is not derogatory. This is not, this is not demeaning to the sheep because it's God's plan and God's system. I remember his sister Annie said this and it blessed me so much. In the culture of 2022, roles have gotten out of order. And the world has made a woman's role biblically to be that of less and doormatish. You know, because we hear words of like submission and things like that. And it gets twisted and wrong. But Sister Annie said this. She said, in the proper, in the biblical context, when a woman and a man are in their roles of what the Bible says, there's nothing powerless about it. That's where the blessing and the power actually comes from. But that's got twisted. But it's the same thing, too, that if, if a sheep receives this through the wrong uh, funnels it through the wrong rec receiving method, they're going to think that this is a lesser thing. But God is telling Peter, the sheep are incapable of feeding themselves on their own. Yes, a sheep, a natural sheep, can go around and look for food, but can never be taken care of. Like a sheep can, that's within boundaries, that's being consistently fed, consistently watered, consistently sheared, consistently having their wounds mended. They can't do that on their own. They can get by a little bit and make it, but not like they can with a caring, natural shepherd. It's the same way spiritually. And Jesus was telling Peter, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Well, what is the feeding of the sheep? The feeding of the sheep is when the sheep Come to where the shepherd is who has the food. And then the shepherd feeds the sheep and the sheep walk away blessed. Now, remember what he said in Ephesians chapter 4 about the give gifts unto men. He said some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. What did I leave out? Apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers, five of them. And Jesus said here, I'm not, I don't pity on them because they don't have a prophet. I don't have pity on them because they don't have an apostle, an evangelist, or a teacher. I have pity because they don't have a shepherd. But what are we talking about having a shepherd? Not in name alone. Somebody and somewhere, because where the shepherd is, is also a location. Somebody and somewhere where they come on a regular basis to be fed. That, brothers and sisters, is the process of receiving the word biblically. Now, what's happened in 2022 and technology and COVID has also the same thing that 2022 has done to men and women in the roles they're supposed to stand. Culture has totally changed things. Just the way that culture's tried to change the process of how Christians are to be the most blessed. Why? Because we have things like live stream. We have things like archives. That what? 
give us the idea that I'm getting just as much because it's the word, but they all heard the word too, but they heard it and didn't receive it the right way. Say, no, here's what you have to have. I'm going to say this. You know me, I've been here long enough. Empty seats don't scare me. You should have seen the beginning days of South Dayton. If empty seats were going to scare me, that's the time it would have been. We set up a storefront with 70 seats, and there were services I preached with three people multiple, week after week after week after week. You don't start a church in South Dayton if you're worried about numbers. You just don't. Amen. And so now we have things, and now yet even the coronavirus mixed in. There's people that were faithful to come to my, both churches. I rarely see them anymore or hardly ever see them. Why? It, the whole fear of a sickness and disease has come in. Now, you know, I'm not going to tiptoe around it. Jesus is bigger than coronavirus. I'm just sorry to say he is. It, when a Christian is walking in the power of God and walking in the revelation. Now, this is the problem. Most people are not walking in this. And so the coronavirus and different things scare the living daylights out of them because they don't have the knowledge of Jesus is bigger. And so I have compassion on those people. I don't put those people down and I, and I strive with those people and I, and I try to bear with those people and, and not make them feel bad. But also there's a truth that if coronavirus has knocked you out of doing what God's word has said, then it has won and has won a lot of people's lives and people's lives are suffering for it. And also what happens? I know people... Their lives are not the picture of 30, 60, and 100-fold. There's sprinklings of it, and there's measures of it. And then you look, it's like, well, they're, they're not planted anywhere because they don't have a shepherd. They may say they have a shepherd, but they, they don't have the process of what the sheep-shepherd relationship is. And, and they're, not, they're, not, they're not faithful to plant there. And they have a million and one reasons, and I'm not even saying some of the reasons aren't, you know, legit scary things that need to be dealt with or, or pressing strongholds in people's minds. But what I am saying is God has set it up a certain way. And I'm going to say to people on live stream right now, people are here one week, gone four weeks, like you don't understand how you're hurting yourselves. You don't understand what you're missing out because you're not partaking or participating in the way that God has set it up. And it's like sometimes we don't even know what we're missing until uh, things get so worse or we actually make a change and the blessings come and then we're like, oh my gosh, it could have been like this the whole time. Amen. And that's why I say to you, if you can say, you know what? I'm a person that my church attendance, because again, we also know this, it's not about the building. Many people are walking through buildings. They're dejected, harassed, bewildered, distressed. Many people are walking through buildings and even hearing the word, Right? So it's not about the building. It's not about even the act of coming to church. There's lots of people that go to church. Nothing's changing, right? It's the act of faithfulness of going to church at the right church and doing the right thing with what's presented at the church. Now, you might say, and this is where the, the, the disillusionment comes in, and you got to bring it back to the word. You might say, pastor, and again, what is live stream? It serves its purpose, amen? It, 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 it's for times when we absolutely can't be here, which there are legit times. It's, time, it's for what? Archives to go back and build our faith up. It was never meant to replace God's way. 
of doing it. Praise God. It was never meant to replace that. Because why? That's, you say, well, uh, they just didn't have live stream. No, you can't go, you can't go that route because of all the other verses of God is saying of being in a service, planting in a church, face to face. You know, the best way I can put it is this. What's better? Live streaming a steak on TV? Or going to the steakhouse and eating the steak? What's better? It's the same exact thing. Not one of you have ever told me it's better on live stream. Now, there might be natural carnal things that's better. You could sit there in your jammies. No one will care. I mean, that's nice, you know. Or, I don't know, people kick back and treat me like a, a movie with a bowl of popcorn and their snacks and get their Swedish fish and that's what I snack on, Twizzlers, you know. I don't know if that, that's nice, you know. And you'd probably look a little weird here if you did that. So, But the receiving spiritually, nobody has ever said. I got more staying home. Why? Because it's not God's system. And that's what it comes down to. What's God's system? And why do we have to start here? Because, okay, you know I love you. You know I love you. If you don't, I'm telling you I love you. I'm just going to come out with it. You know why we don't have a midweek service here? Faithfulness level. Because the majority of people that come to the midweek service here, the majority that were faithful over time when we had it, were already people that were already coming to a church in South Dayton and I had to keep the majority. There were, don't, not everybody. Don't misunderstand me. There's a few people. I'm, I'm talking as a whole. And it's just like, it's a lot. It's a lot for me during the week. It's a lot for me. And I just, my spirit said no. Because even, and I know Saturday nights are difficult in the sense of, there's a lot going on in life. But we have to also understand, am I called here? Am, if I'm called to Pastor Mike Anderson, the way God has it set up right now is a Saturday night service. Do I believe that's going to be like forever? I don't. But that's the way he has it right now. And, and so if that's the case, then okay, then, then God is expecting you to work around that. Oh, did I just say that? Yeah, just the same way God is expecting people that work all, all week on six days a week to make sure that their scheduled time around Sunday morning is expecting you to be there. It's quiet in here, I know. This is real fun to preach, but it's the truth. It's, it's how to get people help. What do we do? We justify it in our own heads of why I'm not, I don't need to be there, why I don't need to be there. Even though God says, well, let's just look at some things. Go to Psalm 92, 13. Psalm 92, 13. And you know who I can't help? People that want to sit there and justify, justify it. I can't help you. You know in your life when there's absolute times you can't be there. And nobody's beating you up about that. There are legitimate reasons. But you know what? Casualness and laziness and apathy and just not giving a rip. That's not, that's not going to, that doesn't fly. Amen? Hallelujah. It doesn't fly. Psalm 92 and verse 13. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. What's that mean? What's planted in the house of the Lord mean? When the doors are open and the lights are on, you're there as much as you can be, right? Now, let me help people with this. The almighty dollar 
has robbed us of some things because the almighty dollar becomes our God, doesn't it? Because what does the, what does the Bible say? Uh, you can't serve God and you can't serve money at the same time. What's he saying? One of these two things are going to be your boss. Now, because we are so inundated with natural things cost money, we get our electric bill, we get our heating bill, we have our mortgage, we have our car payment, and we see these things need money, and we instantly equate that to, well, the thing we get our money from is our paycheck. So we honor the job and the paycheck. I mean, how so? Faithful to be there. Faithful to not miss. Faithful when we don't even feel good. Faithful when the weather's terrible. We go. Why? Because we, we have a recognition or a mindset that the money is important. Well, and I'm not saying it's not, but what happens is it spills over and starts, uh, it's like spraying a Roundup on your plants that are not Roundup ready. It's mixing something in there that's good, mixing bad with something that's good in the harvest. It's going to ruin it. And so what happens is, People will, in their minds, justify, well, I'm only in church once every five, six weeks. I'm very unfaithful to be at church because of my job. Well, why, well, what do they say? What do they say in there? My job is more important. And again, we're not talking about, we're not talking about, we're talking about lifestyle. You understand me, right? Things come up. I get that. I'll just put it this way to cut to the chase. If I had a job that kept me out of church more than it put me in church, I'm changing jobs. Why? Because doing this is going to get me way more blessed than what that's telling me. I'm just telling you the truth. Whether you like that or not, the Bible is always right. Planted in flourish. Now, say, my job keeps me there. I can only be there. What about telling me to quit my job right now, Pastor Mike? I would only tell you to quit your job right now is if Pastor Mike or, Pastor, or God said, quit your job. Other than that, say, Father, I see the word. This is what humility do. I see the word. This is keeping me out. Or, you know, you're someone that works six days a week, and it's like Sunday morning. I want to sleep in. Well, that's a real feeling. That's a real, I want to be able to just do whatever I want to do on Sunday. Okay. That's a real thing. Don't misunderstand me. That, that would be that feeling, but then you have a choice. Okay. Do I let X, Y, and Z take me out of, or my kids this, my kids that. Come on. Brother Hagen would say this, and he said he was proven right every time in 12 years. He said, I look out the crowd, and I see the families that valued church and the word of God and the ones that didn't. He said, and I could predict every single way the child would turn out. He said, and it was right every single time. The pressures of maintaining a busy social life and everything and midweek service and guest ministers and, and, and just even one church service a week some people, it's pulling teeth. Why? Because they've filled their schedule up with things because the pressure is, but my child loves this. My child loves this. My child loves this. And there again, it's like, what's going to be your voice in your life? This is why my churches aren't the biggest. Because God gave me a vision years ago when I was in Pensacola, Florida, and I call it the Florida vision. I was just there one day in my hotel room, and bam, it was like fast forward and saw the whole thing. And I was behind the pulpit of three 
what looked to be, on the surface, thriving, successful churches. Parking lots were big, cars everywhere, big stage, worship team, lights and smoke show and crowds and just, it looked the part. And I'm not saying you can't look the part and be the part, but just because you look the part doesn't mean you are the part. Doesn't mean you're not, but doesn't mean you are. And I saw, and all of a sudden, I got the words, if I put you behind these pulpits, you will clear these places out. And do you remember the time I had the dream about Jeff and he died? And I thought God was at first showing me, uh-oh, Houston, we have a problem. Or actually, Jeff, we have a problem. No Houston about it, but that wasn't why God was showing me. You can misinterpret things. I thought God was rebuking me and correcting me that I would mess a church up and cause people to leave. And I said, Lord, I don't want to have a ministry that cleans churches out. He said, no, it's not because of you. He said, you'd clean these churches out because you'd bring me with you. So he said, you'd bring me with you. And then he started to tell me what he meant by that. Well, he's the word. He said, what comes with you is tithing because it's the word. Well, a lot of churches don't talk about tithing. A lot of people don't want to hear about tithing. The number one reason my churches aren't bigger is because of tithing. I'm telling you, we've had, we would probably have to have three services in the size of the building we are in South Dayton now by people that have left that have been there two years with me and got sick of me talking about tithing. They're with me for two years. You'd think by then they would have known. So then he said, what about when you preach about tongues? Oh, a lot of these big churches and TV ministries are huge. You'll never hear them talk about the baptism of the Holy Ghost, how to receive that and speak in another tongue. But if you went in there and started talking about it, people, pockets of people would start leaving. What about holiness, living right, doing the word, your faith matters. All these things that started going on and on about it. I thought, oh, that's why I would have a cleaning out ministry. Well, you're to be commended. You're here. You stuck with this. And what? We don't go outside the boundaries of the Bible, but we don't shy away from teaching it either. And you know what? Some stuff's gone down hard and some stuff's maybe, maybe, mowed your grass backwards or you know pet your fur the wrong way or whatever however they they say it and stepped on your toes but you know what you're the real deal you're hungry for the things of god i was just texting with someone the other night about a, a person and just so many so many things behind the scenes that are happening in, in the family and sicknesses and things and it's like this person that i was trying to deal with just couldn't would not receive the word it was their way their way their way their way such pride of just would not listen to me meeting after meeting after meeting here's what the bible says but this but that and now it's showing up it's like you can justify these things with but my job but my activities but this but i'm telling you the bible tells you to be in church to receive your visitation i wish i could have pastor nancy dufresne come in and preach this because she don't have any skin in the game in my churches. Because the, the thought would come, well, you're just saying that because that's what I'm saying. is because I love you and because it's biblical. You ought to hear Pastor Nancy Dufresne preach on visitations of God and having a pastor. And how bold she is about it. And, how, and the people that have taken her up on that. I, I, I just want to tell you two stories and we'll close here. Well, first go to Romans 1 and verse 11. I know I went a little longer, but Romans 1 and verse 11. I'm not going to shy away from it. There's, there's people within our own churches. Your lives are being hurt because you're not producing the right fruit because you're not being right with the word. You're not doing the right thing. You're not receiving it. You're not even receiving it the way you should be receiving it. 
Romans 1 and verse 11. Paul said this, I long to see you. See you. But you know what's amazing about that? Is he could say something through a letter, and it'd be the same exact words and, and that he would say there, but he's saying, I need to see you. Because in the seeing you and being in the presence there, there's an impartation that can't be had any, any other way. You know, I think about, there was a, a person at a Pastor Nancy's church that was uh, faithful for a while and reaping the benefits of it. You, you know how many people have told me, I planted, I started doing the word, and things started changing. It's like, yeah, that's, how, that's what happens. That's happened in my life. I grew up in a church that, that loved Jesus, and, you know, they sprinkled the word of what they had, and nothing changed in my life. But, man, I got faithful and planted myself in a word church, started doing the word, and my goodness, did my life change. I mentioned that last week. And this person got mad about something, stopped going to church. And, of course, the idea is when people get offended, well, I have my Bible, I'm spiritual enough. Well, apparently you're not spiritual enough because Jesus told you you're not. So, Peter, you feed the sheep. Pastors, you need pastors to be perfected. Amen, that's what he said. Need gifts on the men. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors teach why? For the perfecting of the saints. What's that? The equipping of the saints. And the only one he said that people desperately need as a pastor. And this is the interaction. And uh, this person got mad about something and left. And through the grapevine, people started, church started hearing about the things, various things that were happening, going bad. And, Ran into the person at the store. Oh, we've missed you at church. Where you been? I'm mad at God. And the person said, well, how's that working for you? How's it working for you uprooting yourself? How's it working for you to not be planted? You know, a corn, a corn seed does not, any seed does not thrive if I plant it one day, pull it out for six days, plant it again for another day, pull it out, oh, I'm going to plant it for a week, but then I'm going to unplant it for three, four weeks, and I'm going to cut. Now, again, if there's situations, circumstances that come in life, and that's not a lifestyle, I'm talking about a consistent lifestyle, you need a change, and God has a change for you. Praise God. Or a kid, something comes up for your kid, and you, you miss a week, but, man, when you're missing three out of four weeks because you have dance class, you're missing... You know, six out of eight weeks in two months because you got gymnastics. There's a problem. You're missing out. There's, you're not receiving the way it should be. And, and, and you remember when Sister Annie Durant was in our church here? And I sat right there, and she stood right there, and she said, and she talked about what? The importance of having a pastor and the interaction. And what did she say? She said, I want to give you a challenge for the next 365 days. I want you that whenever your pastor has service, as much as you can, you know what's backwards? Think about your jobs. Think about the, the cartwheels and backflips that we'll do for our jobs to be there on time, work ungodly hours, right? Do things we don't want to do. And the hour and a half, it's, it's only 7.30, we started at 6. An hour and a half, one day a week, is like pulling teeth at times in our lives because so much, right? But what we'll do for our jobs, it's so backwards. And she said, as much as you can be there for the next 365 days, I dare you to make that change. And after 365 days, I dare you to tell me things haven't changed. I don't know who did or who didn't, but I know for my own life, 
that it works. And I know that the Bible is true. Amen? So let's not be the ground or the people that didn't even get mentioned. At least the stony, the thorny, and the wayside, at least they heard it and gave themselves a chance. Hallelujah. And again, well, I, I did hear it on live stream. That's a measure. That's a measure. We don't, we don't substitute that for the, for the word. Amen? Father, we love you tonight. We thank you for this series. It, it needs to be said. There's an impartation. There's, yeah, that's just the easiest way to put it, Father. It's just disobedience when you're not. And again, it's not about a vacation. It's not about this came up. It's not about this. We're talking about the lifestyle of disobedience. If you said to plant, if you said to be there, if you said to receive, then that's what, that's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. And so, Father, I pray that anybody here or anybody watching would realize they're hurting their lives. You're, you're being disobedient to the word of God. And, you know, just like, yeah, this, this is, yeah, I just say this. I don't enjoy saying this, but just like all good harvests don't come overnight, all bad harvests don't come overnight either. Keep sowing seeds of disobedience. Keep sowing seeds. And they show up in your health. They show up in your kids. They'll show up in your money. Oh, ha. Yeah. I'm thinking my heart breaks for this preacher. They used to go to my South Dayton church. You can open your eyes. I got to, I got to. Yeah, they used to go to the South Dayton Church, and they have children. And they, uh, you talk about scattered individuals. One of the most scattered individuals I've ever met in my life. It drives me absolutely insane because it affects their children. And the disobedience and the unfaithfulness of uprooting and this and that all the time and constant planting in places that aren't even preaching the word. When you are in a word church, get offended and leave. Blah blah blah. Same cycle. Crazy, ridiculous things have shown up in their children's lives. I'm talking like disgusting, horrible, uh, ungodly things have shown up. And this person, so deceived, so deceived, and this is what we have to be careful to do, and just doesn't recognize. This is what I'm saying. Like if the, if the word is tugging at your heart, you need to recognize it so you can make the change. Because the people that kick against it, when the things that show up like that, God will fix it. God will do it. God is so faithful. It's like the gentleman that called me and sent me a text one time. He was going through hell on earth, and I had heard about it. And he was, all of a sudden disappeared. I said, Father, is everything okay? Sure is. God will take care of it. And the Holy Ghost said, no, he won't. God can't trump his word and violate his word. If someone decides to uproot and not hear the word, and not, and then the things start, and the wrong things start showing up, and this person, why reason I'm bringing it up is because we need to be careful to have this mentality, because these things show up in their lives, and they're just like, oh, God's going to do it, God's going to fix it. No, the reason those things are happening are seeds of disobedience now showing up in a harvest, and that's why we have to be correctable. And humble about these things, praise God, and not kick against and think. Because I'm not thinking of one person, I promise you, except for past stories that have come up. I'm not thinking of anybody, oh, they better be listening to this story, this appliance. No, this is a walk between you and God, and you have to walk out your own salvation. My job is to preach the word, your job is to do it. Amen? But don't be the person, oh, I know he's thinking about me, or 
I know he, this. He doesn't understand my life. No, if the spirit of God is saying, you know what, you need to pick that up, or he's talking about you, that's God saying, I want better for you. I want better for you. Father, help us today. Help us going forward. We're not trying to put a badger or a yoke of condemnation or a burden on anybody's neck. We just want people walking in the blessing. But Father, these things are real. These things are, these things are true. And, and to be even the good ground, you have to hear the word. You have to hear the word. And if it was just about just hearing it on tape or hearing it on TV, then, then, that, that, then you would have, we could have got it any old way, but you established these ministry offices, pastors. You established churches and planting in places for a purpose, for a reason. Yeah. And I pray, Father, I don't, I don't make fun of or uh, condemn or belittle, but I pray for these people that are still terrified, that won't leave their homes, won't come to church, and still use coronavirus as an excuse. Whether or not that's true or not, those people are still telling you they don't come to church because of a disease that you already defeated, a disease that you already was nailed to the cross with you and overcame. I pray for their eyes of their understanding to be open. And Father, those people, the chronics, people that just are out all the time, that and, and they've, they've reached out to me about how things are bad. I pray their eyes would be open. Father, I'm not mad at anybody. You're not mad at anybody. We're not trying to make anybody feel bad. But, Father, they need to have a revelation that, man, step it away from your planting. Step away from your church. Certainly not doing anything good for you now or in your future. And so I pray for those people. Lift them up, Lord. And, Father, if there's anyone watching online right now that's never received Jesus as their Lord and Savior, if there's anyone in this church right now, I want to say that. Yeah, if there's anyone in this church right now, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm just going to follow my spirit and say this. You, ah, this isn't for me. This, this, this doesn't apply to me. I'm, I, I don't know if you all saw, but just heads are bowed, eyes are closed. There's a mass shooting in Buffalo today. I don't know if you saw that. Up in the, up top, multiple people. Big, all over the news now. This happened right before I came to church. Last I heard, I'm not trying to be a downer, you're all going to see it later. Ten confirmed dead in Buffalo, New York, mass shooting. Ten people that woke up never in a million years expected today would be the last day on, on planet. I'm saying this for a reason now. This is an utterance from my heart. And you think, ah, this isn't for me. I'm not. Everybody is going to meet the end of their life sometime. Either a natural death or when Jesus shows up. And when he shows up, it's going to be just, bam, he's here. So if you're in this room or watching online and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that is the only way that you can ever escape eternal damnation or a place called hell. But my God, what a free and wonderful gift that is. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're in this room, and I'm not going to embarrass you. I won't have you come up, stand up, or say anything on your own. And you can say, Pastor Mike, you're talking about me. Don't let this moment pass you by. Make a decision for Jesus. It's the best thing you could ever do. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If there's anyone here tonight, you want to receive him as your Lord and Savior. No one's looking around. Would you just lift your hand in the air? Anybody at all that that applies to you? Say, I've never received him. I just, I've heard about it, just never done it. Anybody at all. Don't, don't let this moment pass you by. Anybody at all, just raise your hand. I'll have you put it right back down. Anybody at all. Father, I don't see any hands. If, if. There's someone that needs to in here. I pray that they would not pass from this life till they receive you as their Savior. And if you're watching online, if that's you, just cry out to Jesus. 
The Bible says if you call on his name, you'll be saved. It just sounds like this. Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died and rose again. Please come into my life. You'll do that. Uh, he'll save you, praise God, and heaven will be yours. God will become your father. You can reach out to me. I can help you with what it all means. And if you're here tonight or if you're watching, say, you know what? I'm not ready to make a decision because I don't understand this. It's confusing to me. Reach out to me by email, phone call. Come up and see me. We'll help you with it. But let's just stand to our feet tonight and let's worship him. And let's just, let's just start saying, Father, we're correctable. You know, in this series, we're correctable. We're not perfect. I mean, shocker. We, we need your help. So let's worship him and give him praise and glory. Father, we love you tonight. We're so grateful for what you have for us. We're so thankful, Father. We're just thankful for, for your plans and your purposes. It's, it's not to hurt us. We love you and glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. I sure do love each and every one of you. If you need prayer, come on up. If not, we'll see you next week. You are dismissed.